Welcome back to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiba, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of creativity with you. Each week, I'm hashtag gifting you two episodes with ways you can become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best-kept industry secrets to creating content worth remembering. Sound good? All right, let's dive into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time for the goods. Each week, we're going to highlight some of the haps, the 411, the hot topics in the creative industry, in advertising, marketing, and influencer world alike. The purpose of this is to bring you into the conversations that go on within the culture of the creative industry, an industry that you're a part of, by the way. So I hope to inspire you, empower you, and invite you to have a seat at the table. Oh my God, do y'all remember Yik Yak? Well, apparently, after a four-year hiatus, Yik Yak is back. If you've never heard of Yik Yak, God bless. Oh, my God. (laughs) You are lucky. It's essentially an anonymous messaging app that was kind of a mix between, like, Overheard NYC or Overheard LA, Twitter, and Citizen. You could share juicy tea or just alert people of things that were going on, and it was mainly used by college students. I had Yik Yak in college. I think that's exactly when it was, like, a thing, and it was a hot mess. So, I went to UNC Chapel Hill and we had a bomb threat that was like published on Yik Yak that sent the whole student body into a frenzy. So I don't know that we really need Yik Yak back in our lives, but according to NPR, the app that was previously the hub for anonymous cyberbullying and hate speech and all kinds of other weird shit has rebranded to take a stronger stance on verbal abuse while encouraging people nearby to connect with each other. So if you've had Yik Yak what do you think about this? If you've never had Yik Yak, have you heard about it? Let me know what you think. You can always DM me at Kate Mob um, about anything that you hear in any of these episodes. So curious to hear what you think about Yik Yak's return. Um, celebrity lifestyle and beauty brands are all the rage. Why is that? Beauty is one of the largely funded areas because it's basically based on like science and results, things that we can see, um, befores and afters, you know, all of that. And lifestyle, that whole range of products is trend-based marketing. It's kind of like fashion. So both categories allow for celebrities to really connect more on a deeper level with their audiences. Kind of like JLo telling us that she only puts olive oil on her face to sell her beauty brand. (laughs) Okay, girl. Um, Some brands that are launching very, very soon or at this point have already launched by the time you're listening is Nikki Tutorials is launching her own brand, Nimya. It is a makeup and skincare brand. Ariana Grande is launching REM Beauty, which 
to be honest, I wish was kind of just a hair extensions brand because I remember her journey with hair recovery and extensions and all of that was incredibly emotional for her and something that was a big part of kind of her rebranding from Nickelodeon to where she is now. So I'm interested to see why it is that she decided on makeup and beauty products that are not just hair. Um, Kylie Jenner is launching Kylie Baby after announcing her second pregnancy. So what do y'all think of celebrity brands? And if you want to stay in the know on the latest celeb beauty and lifestyle brand launches, go ahead and follow at trendmood1 on Instagram because that is where I find out about all the latest tea. Um, well, there's also Estee Laundry, but that's basically mostly like beauty scandals and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm curious to hear what y'all think about celebrity brands are you tired of them do you want more do you wish there were celebrities that currently don't have beauty brands or lifestyle brands that you wish had them let me know um getting in touch with your favorite creators via text is on the rise many creators have a number that you can actually chat directly with your questions and inquiries or just thoughts about the day and they respond like they as a human being respond what do y'all think about that i personally love it because i think it creates like a, a closer interaction between your audience especially if you have a really big community um quite literally because the messages come directly to your phone. I know there's a lot of different apps that do this. Um, I'm curious to see if it will compete kind of with email marketing or if it will be on the level playing field. Um, because, yeah, I'm kind of just, I'm just curious because I know with email, you know, you can kind of let somebody run your emails for you. But um, if you're asking people to contact you and you alone via text, it's definitely a little bit more direct than email, right? So unlike the brand approach to this, which is basically just like salesy and coupon codes and early access to like merch drops or whatnot, um, creators and celebrities like Noah Centineo, Gary Vee, Delaney Childs, and Alex Crawling are actually responding to your texts, which is really cool. The question is then, does it blur the line between like their life and their private life? What do you think about in the future us starting a number that you can use to text me? Should we have a hotline where you could like text your questions, get the tea directly? Tell me about all the weird shit that your exers is saying. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like what do you think about having a number sometime down, down the line? I had this thought a while back of like having a number where you can like text your questions directly to me about marketing and advertising in the creator industry. So curious to hear if that would be something you're interested in. Let me know. That's it for this week's goods. As always, DM me at Kate Mob on Instagram or TikTok with any thoughts you have on the goods or submit noteworthy hot topics directly to this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash kindly gifted slash message. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, if you have listened to episode six, where I gave a little bit more about my background. You may have heard a little bit of this, but essentially um, when I was studying to be an art director and getting my grad degree in that, my side hustle was being a content creator like you. Like I was 
doing influencer stuff. And I started working with brands and taking brand sponsorships more seriously just to see if the things that I was learning in advertising could really stick, which yes, I'm one of those, if I don't see it, I don't believe it type of people. And I'm also a Virgo. So I can see all the jokes sliding into my DMs right now. I can see it. Um, I think I did this because I wanted to prove to myself that I, I really could do it, you know, and this process during that time, I learned some valuable information that I ended up taking with me into my career and now also into my business to help you become a storyteller that brands actually value. So here's the tea during this experimentation stage of applying what I was learning Um, both in tactical skills, but also mindset, like the creative mindset itself, applying that to being a content creator, I never made less than $150 per single post, single, meaning that like, in terms of stories, one of my story slides went for a minimum of $150. And most brands typically ask for a minimum of like three story slides. Okay. I had four and a half thousand followers on my, well, it's now my personal Instagram account, but at the time it used to be my influencer account. And I was pulling in like five figures per long-term brand collaboration, which I didn't take that many of just because I, I felt like some of them didn't really align with what I wanted or with the things that I enjoyed. Um, And towards the end of my influencer journey, I also charged usage rights fees, which we talked about a little bit in episode seven. So the point is, you could say that, yeah, um, I proved to myself that I really could be an art director and the shit that I was learning stuck. But more importantly, I learned two things that are essential to the success of every creative, which is a question I'm frequently asked. And those two things are taking initiative and experimentation. So while I was juggling receiving an advertising degree with also being an influencer, I noticed that a lot of people were dropping out of my program. Now, of course, there were financial factors that played a role. I I don't know everybody's financial situation, but I can assume that that may have been part of it. But for a large majority of those who dropped out early on, it was because they didn't rely on themselves to find the answers to their questions. They thought those answers would just be handed to them. Taking initiative is so vital to being successful, not just in the creative industry, in any industry in general, in the world, (laughs) but specifically in the creative industry because you spend so much of your career asking questions, searching for answers, using what you learn to solve problems for other people, their problems. You can ask other people questions. I think that's so important. You should. But you have to be prepared for the fact that they may not have the answer or they may have the answer, but they may not want to give you the answer. And if you're like me, you probably have a naturally curious nature. (laughs) You've had this inquisitive side to you. For me, I was the kid who always asked why, which may have been annoying to other people. I see that now, (laughs) but I'm really grateful looking back on it that I I was that way but as I grew older 
I was actually asking less questions because it was more interesting and it was more rewarding for me to find the answers myself. Plus, how lucky are we that we can just do that? Because I hear all the time from my grandparents and my mom, well, I had to go to the library and I had to go through all these books. And I'm like, dude, I can just Google stuff to find the answers. Like, how lucky are we that we can do that, right? Being in the creative industry, you're kind of like an armchair expert because you do so much research on so many things, a lot of which you may not know about beforehand, like the names of ingredients on the back of a skincare product or what they do, right? Like, or how shapewear works or how sampling songs works or the legal rights to that, right? Like, you may not know those things off the top of your head, but you may have to research them for a project or a client or a brand collaboration, whatever it is that you're doing. So the philosophy you end up taking is knowing enough to be right about it, but not enough to be wrong. LOL, my friends listening to this are going to roll their eyes because I literally say this phrase all the time. So taking initiative and like Sherlock Holmesing your way to the right answers to your questions is so, so, so important. And it's a very good sign that you're on the right track if you already have those qualities naturally within you. The second very vital characteristic of every successful creative is not being afraid to experiment. Have you ever had an idea and you think, hmm, let me just try and see what happens? The let's see what happens is a phrase that would come up very frequently when I was working on teams with creative directors or with a photographer on set or even when I had to come up with content ideas now like this podcast episode. As creatives, we try very, very hard to hold on to that let's see what happens attitude because it's the last bit of pure inconsequential imagination that we retain from our childhoods. As adults, we know the consequence for every action and every word. But as kids, we didn't. We just tried and saw what happened. That's how you figured out that you weren't supposed to have sweets before dinner or how the stove made pans hot to the touch or how eating snow may also mean that you could be eating frozen dog pee, which like, don't ask me how I know that. (laughs) Obviously, consequences are important to take into account, especially in a field where you are communicating a message or a story to other people on the internet, but experimentation allows you to try ideas that others think are impossible or unrealistic, which chances are because they never tried it and don't know, or because they tried it and it didn't work for them. But you don't know what will happen 100% for you until you try it, right? So to make this meta as hell, take the initiative to experiment. Don't think too much about hashtags or what song you should use or what content ideas are working for other people. Think about the goals you are trying to achieve as a creator. And if you're working with a brand, take into account the brand's goals as well. Understand the people that you'd ideally want to interact with your content. In other words, your target audience, right? If you have an idea, just fucking try it. If you don't know how to do it, figure it out or find someone who knows. You learn so much in this process. You learn what works. 
You learn more about a subject matter that you didn't know about before. You learn more about your audience, about your brand clients, about what didn't work. So even if a piece of content doesn't stick or doesn't perform the way you want it to, you still take it as a win because you learned so much and you did it by taking initiative and experimenting. You just did it and saw what happened, right? And as my dad used to say, what you take with you to the grave is what you have up here. And I'm pointing to my brain. (laughs) Basically your knowledge, right? Things that you learned. So the secret, quote unquote, to being creative is being open-minded and realizing that even the people with expertise in this industry are people that are spending years just asking questions, finding answers, and experimenting with different solutions to the same problems. No one in this industry is better than anybody else overall because we all bring varying experiences and outlooks and perspectives to the same ideas to solve the same problems. We just do it different ways, right? If you think you can't do it, I challenge you to take the initiative to just try and see what happens. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at KateMob for more creative secrets. And don't forget to say hey. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.